As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. The opportunity, I suppose, is to become world-renowned as a country that offers fantastic agritourism experiences. It's Monty here for this episode of On Farm, the Food, Agriculture and Rural Matters podcast. And if you're listening to this on release day, which is Monday 5th of December 2022, it's the eve of the Scottish Agritourism Annual Conference taking place tomorrow. So with that in mind, we thought you'd like the chance to revisit last year's conference. We heard from lots of people and all of them were very excited about agritourism's potential for Scotland. Traditionally, people have been very removed from agriculture and from farms and afraid to go on to the farms. But now that we're opening up all these different experiences, they've got a great opportunity to come and connect with the farmer and learn just exactly how that food's produced from the primary producer. It's so difficult now for an average-sized family farm to look after more than one household. Agritourism for a lot of the businesses that are involved in it at the moment is definitely allowing an income for more than one household. We're beef, sheep, cereal farmers, but maybe going forward we'll be doing a little bit less of that and, and a bit more agritourism. It's a, it's a very exciting space. Never before have we had an opportunity like this through COVID that people are interested in being outdoors and in the rural environment. I spoke to dozens of people over the course of the day in Perth. And as you'll hear, there is so much passion and excitement about the agritourism sector just now. Before that, though, we were there for day two of the conference. It kicked off day two with Cabinet Secretary for Rural Affairs and the Islands, Marie Goujon, formally launching a new official growth strategy for Scottish agritourism. So yeah, so we're just, um, we've just arrived at the Scottish Agritourism Conference. There's about to be um, a, a new strategy for agritourism in Scotland announced by the Cabinet Secretary, Marie Goujon. She's been in a meeting just now with some of the sector leaders and we're going to go in and have a chat with her and just hear, hopefully in advance of what she's going to say on the main stage, we're going to hear some of her thoughts about um, what the strategy might be, how it might look. So Caroline Miller, the conference organiser, is, is just leading us in just now, so let's go in. Okay, so welcome everyone to the Scottish Agritourism Conference. Great to have you here. This is the launch of, the, of Scotland's Agritourism Growth Strategy, which is a collaboration between government, private sector and various other public and private sector agencies. It's a collaborative approach and... I'll hand over to the Cabinet Secretary to, to tell you about it. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just really excited to be here at the launch today. And I know, I think it's 
I think the strategy is, is really strong and I know it's been hard to be pulled together in quite a, a short period of time, but I just see this as a huge area of growth and opportunity for Scotland and just a brilliant for, for Scottish farmers as well and looking at different ways that we can grow agritourism as an industry. Um, but I think it's also important in this time that we're in now that farmers and crofters can see how they can diversify their business and all the different options that are there too. It's also exciting because it just ties together so many different things that that we're looking at across government whether that's in you know strengthening our local food and drink supply chains better connecting people to the land and where their food comes from the sustainability tackling all the challenges that we face there and I think that agritourism is really in a prime position to to tackle a, a lot of these challenges. Hello Brian Henderson from a Scotsman. We haven't had a chance to look through the documentation is there any major input from the Scottish government to the system I mean are, are any financial input? Well that's going to be, there's definitely some asks of the Scottish Government uh, within that and but that's where I mean working on this very much a lot of this work has been driven by by Caroline. We've had the, the group that was set up between you know government and industry as well to help try and pull the strategy together and deliver it. And this is something that, again, there is so much opportunity there. There's the excitement, there's the ambition, there's the drive from people to get this, to deliver it and to see it done as well. So as a government, and we will very much get behind that, we're going to have to continue to work together to deliver this. I don't think it's nece- it's not always going to be up to government. It's going to be up to the you know the industry leaders that we have as well to to get behind this and to drive this and for us all to be doing that in partnership. Good, good. Because um, I know you've not had an opportunity to to look at the document in advance, but I was just wanting to maybe highlight a key ambition for the the strategy. We know for sure there's 500 farms in Scotland who have an agritourism offering, either food and sorry selling food and drink direct day offerings such as farm tours or being a farm cafe or overnight stays. We know there's probably more than that um, and one of the things we want to do is kind of continue to work with Visit Scotland to identify who those businesses are and kind of push them through a sort of growth pipeline together. But we want to take 500 known businesses to 1,000 known businesses by 2030. But critically, we want half those businesses, so 500 out of the new 1,000, to offer um, food and drink produce from the farm as part of a stay. That is really the crux of the strategy in terms of the direction of travel for agritourism. So we want to make Scottish agritourism you know, much more about sustainable local produce, interactions with the farmer and farm experiences. So it moves away from but some of our sector doesn't differentiate itself from other rural tourism, mm-hmm. from a cottage or a, or a lodge beside a loch or something like that. So we want it to be about you know, that added value, stay on a farm where you have a farm tour, interaction with the farm and family, produce from the local area or from the farm itself. So that is a big shift in making our sector a much more consumer-focused sector. Cabinet Secretary um, Ross Montague on Farm Podcast. Just from, from your government, what's the message to those farming businesses who aren't in the sector? Really to... Well, to engage with this, I hope that there's lots of people that are watching the conference. I know that there has been anyway and following it over the course of the past couple of days. And I think how that diversification, the different opportunities are there and what that can add and it can really help sustain their, their farm business too. The support network that's there from, from other businesses and the opportunities that, that it's offered them has been transformational. Just to add to that, we've got a number of 
farmers who are considered an agritourism um, part of our sector or group. There's also the Monitor Farm programme where there's a number of people involved in that who are just at the point where they're trying to consider what is the best fit for their farm, their skills, etc. So it's very much there is a lot of support out there for people that are thinking about it. I would actively encourage people to get in touch and there's so much peer-to-peer -peer support. People will share knowledge with you in a way that they haven't seen in other, other sectors um, or either farmers normally. So, I'm just saying that knowing the size of Caroline's WhatsApp group that she's got with 175. 175. <laughs> sounds like the WhatsApp group from hell. <laughs> Can I throw in the sort of controversial elephant in the room type question as well, though? Because obviously today we're discussing agritourism. We hear a lot about um, how there's forestry targets and we've got to maybe look at forestry planting, etc. I still would like to hear that there's a message from your government that we're going to be supporting farming for food production, for what farming actually does in Scotland in the main. Absolutely. I don't think that's controversial at all. And yeah, I can only apologise if it's not clear. And I think I try to make that clear at every opportunity that we support active food production. We want to keep people living and working on the land. That's part of the vision that um, that we set out, well, that I set out a couple of weeks ago at the NFUS Autumn Conference as well, because, yeah, that's something we actively support. I think our food security is absolutely vital. It's critical to what we do. We've got to be able to feed our own people and hopefully we'll have the ability to export some of that and, and feed other nations as well. It's interesting because in other countries, agritourism is seen as part of an agricultural activity. Yeah. So to be an agritourism business, you must have an active working mm -hmm. farm. You must be food producers. So without it, you're just rural tourism. So the two go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And actually in other countries, it's, in, it's not... The word diversification is never used. Mm -hmm. It's basically, it's, I mean, if you're selling your farm produce direct, that's not really a diversification. That's just another route to market. So if you're sell, you know, if you happen to be having people to stay and sell on your farm produce, I think that's a route to market. So I think in other countries, it's seen as the sales arm of agriculture. And so that's really how we want to position it. We do need farms to be vibrant, producing food and drink at their absolute core and then we can add value to that. Yeah, that's a really important point, yeah, and it's not, it's not either or. We definitely want to inform farmers and crofters about the opportunity. Agritourism means that you're not going to stop being a farmer. In fact, it's going to make you more likely to be able to be a farmer because mm -hmm. by doing those extra things, it makes your farm more sustainable. And that is what all of our members are interested in, making sure there's enough of the pie, making the pie bigger so that multiple generations can have an income and we have a future for the children. So that's what it's about. And I think maybe as well, it's probably partly, you know, just through this discussion about changing the language that we use then, like you say, it's not diversifying, it's, it's adding value. And that's what I think about, you know, the support that we give to agriculture as well. You know, it's not subsidies, it's investment. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> So that was really good because we got um, a bit of a sneak preview from the Cabinet Secretary there in the press conference. We can hear delegates arriving now for the main part of the conference, so we're just going to slide into the conference hall and try and grab some of um, what's going on there and, and also a bit of reaction from the delegates and visitors. We're going to try and capture the essence of the day. And the launch of the agritourism strategy allows us to celebrate and bring those offerings to many more people as part of that wider tourism package. 
So thank you so much for, for listening to me today. And I really hope that you all have an enjoyable and productive conference. Thank you very much. We've sneaked out for the first break, um, cup of coffee, and we're just grabbing a bit of um, a chance to catch up with some of the delegates. And we're with Stuart and Joe McNichol outside here, because I, I, I gather, Joe, you were on stage yesterday, is that right? I was on stage yesterday, Monte, indeed. Um, I went on for the graveyard shift right. right at the end of the day. I told everyone it's OK, bear with us for an hour and a half, and then you can have a cocktail. Yeah. Uh, no, I was on talking about rural employment, but talking about our story of drift and actually the challenges that we've faced throughout the last three years. So Stuart and Joe are long-standing and very good friends of mine. Guys, give us a bit of a flavour for what you have got at home in terms of drift. Okay, so we uh, upcycled shipping containers, which I thought was a slightly marred, mad and dark and dream idea um, about, about <laughs> back in 2018. However, we upcycled shipping containers, we perched them on the edge of a cliff and we started to serve coffee and cake. However, the vision wasn't just to stop there at coffee and cake, it was to expand it. And I wanted to really expand it into seasonal Scottish produce, which is something that we are now doing. Are you guys disappointed that the, that the Monitor Farm programme is coming to an end? Would you have liked to have seen the Cabinet Secretary stand up there just now and say, you know, there's funding and... and, and and as part of the strategy, there's, there's definitively a plan to keep it going? Certainly, the Cabinet Secretary this morning did not deliver what I thought would have been delivered for Scottish agritourism. Certainly, a mention of funding would have been helpful because that would have given confidence for certainly the farmers who haven't diversified yet. We need funding to go forward. We need a process of understanding what potentially can come forward towards us. Agritourism in Scotland covers such a huge area as we've learnt this morning, we've always known that. But for other businesses to adapt and move forward, we need help in the background. So would you like to have seen, just you know, on the specifics of the Monitor Farm um, programme, are you disappointed that that is going to come to an end? Because so that shows the light for other farmers, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely in the Monitor Farm programme, the fact that there was no announcement to say that the end of our programme in March there isn't anything going forward at the moment. It doesn't appear to be. What was great about this particular round was that Scottish Enterprise also put two uh, smaller groups together, both in the West and the East, and they supported other farmers and other agritourism businesses within those two groups. That has been instrumental in growing uh, businesses. So Jasmine Jackson uh, from Jacksons of Jebra, for example, she had no agritourism business at the beginning of the Monitor Farm experience. She has now got a thriving little business there, welcoming people from all around the borders, Edinburgh, down into England as well, onto their farm for some fabulous on-farm experience. Joe mentions Jasmine Jackson. On-farms producer Dave Howard recently visited Jasmine and her husband Fennec at their agritourism business. Dave was there recording an episode of the South of Scotland tourism podcast called Scotland Starts Here. We are in Scottish borders, right on the border. You can see the border hill, the Carter Bar from the farm. When you go to the top of the farm, you can see Pinochuch and the Eildons and Ruber's Law over Hoyk. So we're right in the heart of the Scottish borders. Uh, I'm actually getting my cable nibbled here by... 
Lucy. One of last Lucy, and she's one of last year's spring lambs. Is that right? One of last year's lambs that ended up without a mother, so we bottle bottle reared them, and they've become very attractive to children coming to the farm for a toddler session. Well, that's a good good place to start then. So yep. yeah, you've mentioned toddler sessions. Yeah, so the toddler sessions run over a block of six weeks, and they run uh, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. When the toddlers start to come they maybe never have been up close to a farm animal at all. So you might have kids that are straight in there, kids that are wary, but by the end of the six weeks, they've all fed a lamb, they've all touched a chicken, they've all seen all these animals up close, collected an egg, whatever it is they've chosen to do in that time. And then every week we do a craft activity as well. So something different for toddlers to do. The most interesting thing about toddler days is even if it's pouring with rain and the wind's howling, 99% of the children are outside. They all come dressed properly with waterproof gear one of the advantages is the area is safe and secure the children can only enter and exit from one point so it's handy that mums can relax when they bring the kids here and I think it's really nice actually you say mums quite a bit but the amount of dads we've had at the farm this year has been incredible compared to a normal session where you would have children dads I think really enjoy it here and more generally then this is unquestionably a working farm but what, what's on offer to, to visitors, tourists, people that come to the area? Yeah, so mainly we are a genuine, authentic farm attraction. So, and we are aiming to keep it that way. So we really, really want to show people what happens on a working farm. Whether people want to come and they just want to see beautiful animals, they want to see the cows and the lambs at lambing time, or whether they really want to learn about where their food comes and how nice an environment it is here for the animals to live in. They're all outside, they're all in the grass, they're all naturally giving birth in the fields they have there's a goat eating my jacket at the minute Um, (laughs) for visitors when they come they have various options at lambing time it's a brilliant experience because you can go out and you might see a live birth but you're definitely going to see baby lambs and then they come back to the shed and they can bottle feed any orphan lambs that are here visit them and then we do sort of smaller experiences for families who maybe the kids don't have the attention span to go out on the farm and they just come for family days and private sessions where they come for an hour and they meet all the animals up close. And here you are, you're literally five minutes off the A68, which yeah. is the sort of main thoroughfare between Newcastle and Edinburgh. You're really accessible for people from some very urban parts of the UK. It's about an hour yeah. from well, Edinburgh an hour and an hour from, hour from Newcastle. An hour from Edinburgh, an hour from Newcastle, an hour from Carlisle. Yeah, having people from the urban areas is going to be great, not only for them to see something completely different and get an education on what happens here, but for us as well, because every different type of family you have here asks different questions, and it's a really enjoyable experience for us to show what happens on the farm. We've now got goats on the loose, I'll be back in a minute. (laughs) Goats have escaped, I left the gate open. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, a lot of farms are diversifying, and agritourism is something that we are a member of, um, and it's been a fantastic support seeing what all the other farms are doing in Scotland. And it's a really, really good way to support farming and provide an additional income for the family living here so that we continue to do what we do. All in all, yeah, the Monitor Farm experience is, is super for, for people like for like Jasmine who didn't start. But equally, we'd started our agritourism business, but ours would not have grown in the way it has grown had we not been part of that Monitor Farm programme.
Having said all that, though, isn't it exciting that we're now, you know, coming together as a Scottish agritourism group, having this conference, you know, bringing people from all sorts of different wider world and wider sectors together under this roof, and hopefully this is going to also inspire people to take the sector forward. Absolutely. We've got all sorts of people watching um, and listening through, through Zoom as well. And Caroline, of course, started it way back in about 2007. But to be able to see that growth continue and actually be here in person has been quite, quite incredible. Um, lunch is now outside. Um, Craig Stevens is bouncing around in his usual effervescent self. And Monty and Dave are recording for the On Farm podcast. So as well as getting some sustenance to, to get you going for the afternoon session, there's also lots to think about over lunch. So thank you all for your patience, your questions, and thank you to all the panel for, for their efforts this morning. So it's lunchtime here at the Scottish Agritourism Conference. Um, we've just had a lovely packed lunch from um, Loch Leven's Larder, and Dave and I have scoffed it quite quickly because we're going to go in round and grab some people just to get a bit of a who are you and why are you here? Um, there's some, actually, I see some familiar faces, so we might get a bit more story from them as well. But it's about capturing the mood. Just to put you in um, the picture, this is a large foyer, if, if you're not familiar with the, the Perth um, concert hall, large foyer, glass-fronted, very echoey, and um, I'll try my best to be heard and we'll see who we can speak to. John Scott. So John's um, someone who I would think of as um, a beef and sheep farmer, not really someone I would have thought of in the agritourism space. So, John, tell us what, why you're here and what's, yeah, what, no, what your um, enthusiasm is. Thanks, Monty. Uh, Fiona and I are here. We've got a, a self-catering holiday accommodation that we that opened just as COVID broke. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a challenging couple of years for us there. But, no, great to be here. Um, learned a lot, really, going home, thinking about what we're doing and what else can we do. And we are, you're right, we're, we're beef, sheep, cereal farmers, but maybe going forward we'll be doing a little bit less of that and and a bit more uh, agri-tourism, it's a, a very exciting space. I'm really struck on this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to labour this point, I've already said it on the pod, but I'm, I'm really struck on the, the fact that Caroline Miller is keen that we don't use the word diversification. She sees this as being harnessing another route to market. So you're not you know, diversifying into this, you're simply selling your produce, selling your experience, selling your views to the public in the same way as you might just go to a market or a grain merchant. It's using the skill set and, and, and yes, it's another enterprise, it's another enterprise within our farm business um, and if it can add value to other parts of the business, great. I think the network we now have with, with the work that Caroline's been doing is fantastic and it's just great to see everyone sharing experiences and learning from each other and the benefit I have living where I live north of Inverness is we've got a long trip up the A9 and Fiona and I will be discussing that all the way home, what the plan is and um, yeah, going forward how we blend more agri-tourism into our business um, it's a no-brainer. And when people come and, and stay at Fern, you're going to show them the Ling cattle, naturally? Naturally. And um, when they come to Fern, they'll definitely get a look around the Ling cattle and hopefully we can take them to the top of the hill and, and show them what we're doing. And Every time you take people around the farm that are staying in the, in the holiday cottage, it does make you think about what we are doing um, and makes you think of ways that we can do it better. People like you, farmers, with an agritourism offering, you're at the front line. You're you're the best place to show the wider public what farmers are doing in terms of sustainability and and, and, and carbon reduction and what have you. It's a, it's a it's a real opportunity that other farmers should be grasping to, to showcase. 
No, definitely. I mean, getting people out on farm and then actually telling them what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what the impact of what we're doing is having on the, the wider community, and then giving them the opportunity to buy, for example, that Ling beef locally, um, is huge for us. We're probably cross-referencing here a wee bit on the pod, but, you know, there were two podcasts all about Ling cattle and, and, and the beef, and you're a Ling farmer yourself. John, did, did you enjoy those podcasts? Oh, I enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, you made a good job, a really good job. <laughs> job. Dave probably did most of it, but Dave, I... Yeah, made, Dave always I, does I, most I, of it. A cracking job with them. Yes, really good. Cheers, right. John. I'm gonna, you're going to be careful we don't interrupt someone mid-sandwich, but let's find some, um, some other people who are... Um, a bit of a story to tell in the agritourism sector. So we're recording for the On Farm podcast and I'm just really interested in who you are, why you're here basically. I'm Helen Smith from Byers Farm up in Murrayshire. We're here to support agritourism in general and to um, get some inspiration and learn about what's going on within the industry. Has it been inspirational? Have you learned and you know, are you feeling that you're going back home with new ideas and what have you? Yeah, so we run a, a multi-purpose venue back at Byers Farm, so lots of ideas to take home and expand the business. So my name's Sarah Johnson, I run Bullbridge Alpacas in Fife, so we run alpaca experiences, so quite different to what most people do here. What's an alpaca experience? Just give us a bit of a, a, an idea. So we have a one hour and a two hour, it includes hand feeding the mums and babies, clicker training the pet boys, a demonstration of camelid dynamics, which is a special way that we train them herding the alpacas and then we take them around a mini obstacle course the two hour includes a longer trek with further obstacles and then we finish off showing all the fleece products that we get from the alpacas and a little taster of needle felting very good and that's something that obviously all ages are enjoying yes definitely i'm nikki storer and i'm from ardross farm shop which is just outside ely in the east of fife and I've been involved in Scottish agritourism for a number of years. Our farm shop's been open for 16 years and I've been working alongside Caroline. Um, I went to Italy um, about eight years ago with her and I'm just so excited to see so many people here. There's a real buzz around agritourism and I think for the future of agriculture in general, it's a huge sector now. Um, so sharing ideas, um, seeing friends is a big part of it. Can you just give us a little bit of an insight? I mean, I, I'm picking up a lot today about, you know, the tourism offering is the food offering the food offering is the tourism offering from your point of view because you're, you're, you're a farm shop can you just encapsulate that why why is a farm shop tourism and what does it mean to the to the business and the economy and you know well when you go on holiday or when I go on holiday everything is centred around food from breakfast to lunch to where we're going to go for dinner it's about experiencing the culture and we've got a brilliant culture in Scotland now fresh food from the sea and from the land and farm shops connect that I think um, traditionally people have been very removed from agriculture and from farms and afraid to go on to the farms but now that we're opening up all these different experiences they've got a great opportunity to come and connect with the farmer and learn just exactly how that food's produced from the primary producer. And food is the key to that, to people understanding what's happening on the farm, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm Linda Tinson, and I'm a partner at Leddingham Chalmers uh, Solicitors, and specialise in rural law and agri-diversified businesses. We've been supporting the agritourism sector right since the very start in Scotland. I've been working with Caroline since we can't remember when, but uh, very excited to be here today. So Linda, um, Leddingham Chalmers, you're, you're, you're a sponsor of, of today's event and just 
you know, why? What's, 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 what's so exciting and why do you want to be involved in, the, in this sector? One of the main reasons is that we support the agricultural sector. If they do well, we do well. It's not about diversification even as much as growth and growth facilitating succession planning. And it's all about making sure that the golden goose keeps laying the golden eggs. And that's why we're here. So from your a legal perspective, from your industry perspective, from your know-how, you know, what are the barriers and how, how can they be overcome? Well, the barriers are often um, around the succession. We hear reports that you know, the older generation are less enthusiastic than the younger generation. The younger generation are trying to push ahead. The uh, way the, the, the system has works at the moment, most farmers are well advised to die in harness, uh, tax reasons, etc. And so getting the business to move on and create the vibrancy and allow the younger generation to, to come through with these great ideas is what we try to help facilitate, whether it's in business structures, succession planning, or just generally managing to make the business grow. What you're saying there, what I'm taking from that is, you know, a family farm and the younger generation want to come back to farm, want to be involved, but maybe it's not sustainable for two generations. So something else has to happen on the farm. Is that, is that, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, correct. It's, it's all about making the pie bigger. Quite often, it, the way to, to create any succession in any business is is to grow it and it's it's key especially nowadays where there's probably an ex less of an expectation around one successor there's more provision for other children in the family and it's about creating that growth to sustain the business beyond the retirement of the older and to allow retirement of the older generation to create the wealth to allow the retirement is the other thing it's a very interesting way of of, of putting it it's what have you got on the farm and, and what could be an asset that maybe is overlooked as an asset? Yeah, I mean, you can see it in lots of places. Farm shops made out of old farm buildings. Uh, it's an opportunity that people, general laymen in the street, just don't have. You know, if you look at people who want to set up artist studios, they don't have somewhere to set up an artist studio. The glory of being in the farming family is that you have facilities that maybe have fallen by the wayside into disuse and you can utilise them. <laughs> Thank you very okay. much, Linda. That was perfect. Thanks. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Yeah, good. I've grabbed one of our um, regular guests. He, he pops up regularly on these things, Alan Laidlow of Royal Island Society. Um, just because I really feel that if the agritourism, Scottish agritourism people are doing as much as they can to grow the sector, that's all well and good. We're hearing that there's a real potential for this. So I wonder what other bodies like um, Royal Highland Society, um, I, I know you can't speak for them, but NFU Scotland, etc., should, could be doing to help to grow this. I think it's about celebrating the, the best that we've got, Monty. It's about giving people the opportunity. I mentioned, um, I often mention RET. You know, you see the delight on young people's eyes when they get a chance to engage with agriculture. So we're doing work with Caroline and the Go Rural team around storytelling for next year. We're wanting to, to make sure we celebrate because there's a, a huge synergy between if you go to the Royal Highland Show and you love a day out, there's a reasonable chance that you'll enjoy staying on a farm or a croft or an estate for a weekend or a week. But deeper than that, Alan, how do we get other farmers involved and enthused? If there is a big market out there to capture, to bring back to rural Scotland, how do we get more people to understand how they can be involved on their farm? To be honest, there's a, there's a balance point there. 
if you're not enthused yet, you might never get there. I was really interested to see that only 3% of people in the study commented that they didn't want to involve Nagritourism yeah. because they weren't wanting to be front of house. Yeah. So does that mean that 97% are happy to do I'm guessing it's not quite that high. Yeah. But let's find, yeah. I don't yeah. know, the 40% of people who are. You know, that means there's what? 8,000 people in Scottish agriculture that could be doing more in agritourism and they might already be doing it but they don't like talking about it so I think those who are enthused are already enthused there'll be a, a lag time for other people and some will never join but yeah I think the opportunity is big I think never before have we had an opportunity like this through Covid that people are interested in being outdoors and in the rural environment yeah thanks Alan let's drive it nice to see you yeah so it's, it's quite interesting for me. Today's quite interesting because I do think there's a sort of almost a silo mentality or they're all, you know, this is, these are the agritourism people and if you go to that conference, you'll meet the, 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 the cereals people and if you go to that conference, you'll speak about sheep. Well, this is really exciting me, what I'm hearing today, because actually this agritourism thing is cross-cutting. You could be in sheep or you could be in alpacas. We spoke to a lady earlier about alpacas. But, you know, if you get the tourism thing right, it makes those businesses more viable. We, we now, at last, we get to speak to Rab and Lucy Wilson. Just tell us what you're doing. What's, what's Wilson's Kitchen and what you're doing? We do primarily what I think what we're known for at the moment is the curry nights, which we've done in the uh, Bothies um, during the summer months. And now we've moved into doing them in our stable. We also do some 25-mile events where we're uh, doing uh, feasts from, um, with all the ingredients largely coming from within 25 miles of the farm and uh, Sunday roasts as well. You're a traditional family farm in the borders. There's challenges. We all know it. Brexit and um, declining subsidy or it's going or whatever. Um, this, is, this is a way forward, isn't it? Yeah, the, the challenges coming to agriculture in the next few years are, are providing so much uncertainty. The perceived reduction in subsidy post-2024 that we're all guessing at but don't know about, uh, it probably does concern so many people. And one of the reasons we are going down the agritourism route is to, to protect an uh, income stream or to in increase um, an income stream before that happens. And it's so important to the rural community to keep people on farms because there's no doubt in the bad years that we need that subsidy. Not every year, but last year was particularly dry and our crops were a ton an acre less. We, we needed a bit of that subsidy to, to maintain the profit of the farm. So maintaining an income from a different part of the business is really important. Somebody told us this morning that all successful businesses have three income streams. One of them if it goes down, the other two are always making something. I think it was Kay Wilson was talking yesterday about the fact that it's so difficult now for an average size family farm to look after more than one household. Agritourism for a lot of the businesses that are involved in it at the moment is definitely allowing you know an income for, for more than one household. So, so yeah, that noise is just everyone filing back into the concert hall now for the post-lunch session. probably actually start by introducing myself. I'm not very good at doing that. I'm the, the political editor at the Scottish Farmer newspaper. We've got a very exciting story to tell at Scottish Agritourism and to quote Caroline from earlier, 
that the sales arm of the agricultural industry, which is a tagline I will be using in future articles, I'm quite sure. And there, there's so much potential here. From what I did hear when I, when I came in this morning, it's about the importance of sustaining family farms. And obviously the future to bring young people into the sector and provide them with an income is so important. And our first speaker today, I'm delighted to introduce Vicky Miller. Vicky joined Visit Scotland in 2005 after three successful years with Dumfries and Galloway Tourist Board, where she held the post of Head of Marketing, Visitor Services and Acting Chief Executive. She played a key role in the region's recovery post the foot and mouth era and delivered a three-year European funded marketing program working with local stakeholders. Since then she has held a number of senior marketing positions within Visit Scotland and on the 1st of November 2019 was appointed as Visit Scotland's Director of Marketing. Vicky over to you. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon everybody. Thank you very much for that, that um, introduction. Delighted to be um, with you in uh, person today in my hometown of Perth. When you look at the year-on-year increases in things like search for the term sustainability for farmers markets in my area, outdoor recreational activities. So again, kind of really reinforcing what we've seen this summer in terms of consumer behaviour and visitor behaviour. Organic meat near me, organic farm shop near me, Organic fruit and Things are drawn to a close and the audience is, is leaving but um, we're just going to grab a word with, with Vicky Miller. I'm very curious to, to speak to Vicky because, well, as we heard on the stage earlier, is Visit Scotland and she's an absolute guru in travel and why people should come to Scotland and how we're going to attract people to come to Scotland. So, Vicky, what's the key message to Scottish agritourism businesses? I think the key message, which, you know, hopefully I, try, I put across today is that I think we have the perfect moment in time really to grasp the opportunity because agritourism businesses have exactly what consumers are looking for coming out of a pandemic in terms of that kind of wanting to connect with a sense of place people family stories to learn more about our communities where our food comes from unique experiences and actually what we're seeing from agritourism businesses is that they're doing all of that those unique experiences actually will be what will deliver for visitors those memorable moments that they will take away and spread the word for Scotland and keep people coming back to Scotland so I think you know it just feels like we've got to grasp the opportunity it's 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 just a, it's another asset for you to promote Scotland you know Absolutely. we've got we've got golf and we've got history and we've got the scenery and Nessie and what have you but this is another asset for you Absolutely, um, a huge asset. You know, I think we've seen from some of the visitor data that we've um, been able to gather over the summer is that actually the agritourism businesses are the businesses that have, have have certainly come out of that kind of early recovery in a better place because there is that demand for what they've got to offer, which means that that's something to really build on. And from our point of view, from Visit Scotland point of view, if you think about the fantastic kind of video content, the fantastic images that that, um, agritourism businesses have created for us, 
it is achieving huge reach on our social media channels because people really do engage with their stories as farmers, but you know their businesses, the beautiful landscapes, the unusual accommodation, and that's what we are seeing as people are engaging with that type of content. And so, therefore, it's it's it, it, they're actually working very hard for Scotland, not just the sector. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm I'm a farmer. Um, we're involved in this podcast as well, but you know, I don't have a tourism tourism offering. I just feel that the people in this room are working hard for Scotland, are working hard for the sector. They're they're the the shop window. The opportunity, I suppose, is to become world-renowned as an agritourism, a country that offers fantastic agritourism experiences and compete with what we heard today from other countries in Europe, and particularly Italy. We obviously heard a lot about Italy. And I think we absolutely can. I think it's just another example. I think it's great that... Through the Grow Rural, through this conference and what have you, organisations, important organisations like Visit Scotland that are the gateway to the world are taking notice, engaging and selling our agricultural industry. So thank you, Vicky. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We'll also try and get um, a last word from Caroline Miller. Do you know, the people in this room now, the people in Go Rural... They're doing more for Scottish agriculture than just about anyone else. You know, if we're going to fight these allegations on climate change and, and what have you, they, these are the people. This is the These are the soldiers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the people in our network are phenomenal ambassadors and they're great communicators. They're completely committed to welcoming people onto farms, to doing that sales arm of Scottish agriculture and... Um, as Riddle said, they're so pos- positive, they're so raring to go with this, and they've got a real, you know, go-ahead, positive mindset. So I think one of my key messages is I'd love, like, it's not for everybody to get into agritourism, but I'd love other farmers and crofters to just be aware of this sector and what we can actually deliver on their behalf. I, I feel it's the storytelling that these businesses are telling the stories that need to be told on behalf of, you know, businesses like mine who are not in that sector. It's underappreciated. People are, you know, it's great. We, we ought to um, donate to RET, support RET. We pay our levy to QMS and we get a job done by them. But, you know, this is, this is free PR and it's, it's, it's underappreciated. And I hope that people listening to the podcast begin to think about that. The other thing I would just say is that, 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 you know, having that connection into the likes of Visit Scotland who have, I don't know the stats, but literally millions of followers on social media or their email databases to the hundreds of thousands, way way past what MD in, mm. in our in our sector or even agriculture could be. And so they're taking these stories and these messages and putting them out to that audience that are our customers, whether they're people that are living, you know, an hour away in urban Scotland or or further afield. And that connection and collaboration with them on another scale is really amplifying farming to to our, the people we should be talking to. We shouldn't just be talking to each other as farmers. Yeah, absolutely and if, if the On Farm podcast can help with that in any way we're here. Podcasting is just another way to grab people's attention and tell a story when people actually really do listen. So if we can do that in any way, we'll continue to do that. But it's been brilliant. You must be so pleased with how it's gone. Yes, I'm absolutely delighted how the last two days have gone. And thank you very much for coming along today. It's been fantastic. But I am looking forward to going home now and um, just going for a walk around the farm tomorrow. And uh, it's been over now we've delivered it. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Caroline. Super.
Goodness me, it's been a bumper edition this week, hasn't it? We've had lots of voices crammed in from the Perth Concert Hall. It really was an exciting day. And in the coming days and weeks, you'll find lots of the speeches and panel discussions from the conference on the Scottish Agritourism website, Facebook pages and what have you. Do look out for that. I reckon, I really do reckon that this agritourism sector is a win-win. It's a win for the farm businesses that get involved, be they retailing food directly or offering an experience or accommodation, they've got an extra income stream. And I also think that for businesses like my own farming business that doesn't necessarily get involved, I reckon we reap the benefits too. Those who do get into the tourism, they're our ambassadors and they do an excellent job spreading the message of Scottish farming to all of their visitors. Thank you again. There's too many people to thank for taking part in this episode, um, but I must thank them all. Our podcast of the week this week. Right, okay, well we heard a clip from it earlier with Jasmine at Jackson's at Jedburgh. So Dave Howard, our producer, has made a whole series of podcasts about tourism destinations in the south of Scotland called Scotland Starts Here. In that series, there's a whole episode devoted to agritourism. So do go and check it out. Lots of history, lots of folklore, lots of just chat about the borders and the horses and the farming and the castles and the history. Lots going on. That um, series is called Scotland Starts Here. Finally, our reminder that this On Farm podcast is made by our team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And we're here to talk to you about podcasts, social media, any aspect of PR, marketing. Just get in touch if you want to chat. 